Welcome to the Link Adelaide podcast. After the success of Shakespeare's Mother's Mad, Bad and Dangerous to Know, Kath Perry is back with more Shakespeare in Shakespeare's Queens, She-Wolves and Serpents. Uh, again at the Bakehouse Theatre and for more details we caught up with Kath to have a chat. And I'm joined on the phone by Kath Perry who is bringing Shakespeare's Queens to the 2012 Adelaide Fringe Festival. How are you doing Kath? Very well, thank you. Always yeah. better to speaking to you. Thank you, and you as well. I <laughs> uh, really enjoyed our interview last year, um, where we were talking about Shakespeare's women, mad, bad, and dangerous to know, yeah. um, which was your show bringing, I guess, a lot of the best um, mothers that Shakespeare created in all of his works together um, yeah. in, in one piece of, of theatre. This year you've gone slightly more regal and finding yeah. all of the queens that he has <laughs> in his plays. That's right. There are some there's some overlaps, of course. Some of the mothers were queens, mm-hmm. but we're emphasising different features of them, and we're bringing a whole lot of new ones that uh, that weren't in the show last year along too. So we've got um, over 16, nearly 20, in fact, of his queens from mm-hmm. over a dozen plays, all on stage at the same time for an hour. Awesome. <laughs> so um, how many is in the cast this year? No, we're still three. Just three, yeah. Two, yeah, two, two women, myself and another actress, play all the queens, and our poor unfortunate actor plays Shakespeare and all the men. <laughs> so he leaps from man to man like a mountain goat. Cool. And is it obviously the same team as we had last year? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm the only constant factor, and also our director. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a new actor and a new actress, both extremely good at Shakespeare and very funny. So I think uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, can we can we know who they are and kind of do you have a yes, bit of a pot yes. of history? Yes, Rachel Rachel Ferris is going to be doing all the other queens. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing too in this one is we also have Queen Elizabeth I and Mary Queen of Scots. Um, and Rachel will be Mary Queen of Scots, and I'll be doing QE1, um, because this time Shakespeare's found himself in the middle of an argument between the two of them as to how you should really rule. If mm-hmm. you're a queen, how do you need to go about it? Cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Rachel, Rachel has worked before with our director on other Shakespeare productions here in Sydney, mm-hmm. um, and also done a lot of work with uh, schools, in uh, in school Shakespeare productions, taking Shakespeare productions into schools. Oh, great. So she's very well versed in her Shakespeare. And Patrick Trumper is joining us to play Shakespeare and all the men. And Patrick's played virtually all the Shakespeare plays at some time or another. It's mm-hmm. very experienced and uh, very versatile. Um, and it'll be great fun watching him move from, from role to role cool. uh, through the play. And uh, who do you have as your director? Ros Riley is directing. Mm-hmm. Ros has been directing her own theatre company for know, 15 or 20 years now. <laughs> She's protesting, but I think that's true. Um, <laughs> during which time she has directed a lot of Shakespeare, and she directed us last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's good fun. Last year we started at Edinburgh and came to Adelaide. This year we're premiering in Adelaide, and then we'll go to Edinburgh. So yep. Adelaide gets us first. Excellent. Um, now, <laughs> at what stage are you at, at at the moment in rehearsals and getting it all together? Yep, we're in rehearsal. We're just uh, we're just in fact starting rehearsals. Um, we've got a five week lead time, which is which is a great length of time, which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. So we're just starting rehearsals now. We're getting all costumed up. There will be lots of colour and movement, as there was last year, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, we're getting our publicity done as, as we can tell since I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, and so how many costume changes and things will you have during the show? Or is it just 
We'll one. see a bit like a bit like last year, where where um, we had a basic costume that, that we worked in, and we changed characters with the addition of scarves or necklaces or something very quick and simple, mm-hmm. but that just helped the audience to keep track of where we were going. But it does move very fast. One of our um, favorite review type criticisms was that you know it's fast and exciting and there's a lot of movement and drama going on so we're going to keep that um, which means costume changes have to be sleek. Mm. Um, Now you mentioned before that uh, Mary Queen of Scots and Elizabeth I are a couple of additions to kind of the cast. Um, Are they aside from Shakespeare himself the only characters you've added Um, and is, is everyone else in the show one of Shakespeare's characters is that how it's working? Um, what they're doing last year in Shakespeare's Mothers Mad, Bad and Dangerous to Know we had um, Shakespeare suddenly found himself being interviewed in a TV studio by a couple of pretty hawkish interviewers a female who wanted to know why he had written such terribly bad role models for mums mm-hmm. and this year the, those interviewers are being replaced by the Queen's um, Mary Queen of Scots and Elizabeth and he's, what he's done is he's found himself stuck in the middle of an argument between them so that's his sort of situation that introduces the, the plays and then yes and then all the other characters are Shakespeare as written by Shakespeare and yep. I'm just, I, just, I just have great fun going through the plays and taking the most exciting bits yeah. and stringing them all together <laughs> and uh, obviously you, you just said you, you enjoyed that process how long is it taking you to, to script the story together? Oh, well, it's sort of an elapsed time. It takes about six months, but I'm mm-hmm. not doing it constantly. Um, yeah. I have a sort of I have, I have to find an idea to 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 wrap it in, which in this case is the Shakespeare's Queen's argument. Yeah. And then I had to research that quite a lot this year because they were actual people, whereas my interviewers last year were just sort of you know, what an interviewer is like. But we actually have a real argument going on between. Queen Elizabeth and Mary, so I needed to know what they were all about. Mm-hmm. So I did a bit of research on them, and then finding the parts of, of Shakespeare where the queens talk about being queens, yep. and then sliding them all together, really. So, yeah, so I've been working on it for about six months, but um, uh, the, last, the last couple of weeks have been probably the most intensive, trying to polish it up so that I've got things in the right places. <laughs> cool. And do, do you think overall the play... There's something about uh, queeniness and, I guess, the nature of being a queen and how that relates to us today in terms of being a monarchy or not being a monarchy. Is that is there something not so much being a monarchy or not being because neither Elizabeth nor Mary would ever have contemplated such a thing, but more more in terms of of what a queen's role is, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 argument between them essentially is that Queen Elizabeth, the Virgin Queen. Um, believed that, it, that she was appointed by God to be queen and it was her job to rule the kingdom. Mm. And that to do that successfully, she needed to remain single because as soon as she got a husband, particularly at that time, he would want to take over ruling the kingdom mm. and she'd be left doing the knitting. Yeah. So that, that didn't suit her one bit. But Queen Mary, on the other hand, Mary Queen of Scots, her view was her role was to produce an heir. Mm-hmm. And so she got husbands and lovers and, and got very busy producing an heir um, while men ran the country for her. Nice. Her but husband or a council or whatever. So they're just completely opposing point of views. And of course, the irony is that it was Mary's son, James, her heir, that took over from Elizabeth. Mm. And so it kind of all seems up together. 
beautifully. Almost like you wrote it that way. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was just laid out there waiting for me to find. <laughs> um, and it sort of it feels from your description there that it could almost be taken as a discussion about uh, feminism and kind of a, a woman's role. Um, yeah, it's it. Is it something where, I guess, have you, have you, I don't know whether it's the right way to term it, have you kind of picked a side as to which type of queen you'd prefer or you'd rather be? Would you be more of a, a Queen Elizabeth I or do you think be more of a Mary Queen of Scots and kind of let everyone else handle it? I think there's advantages to both, actually. Um, but, but no, we, the play doesn't pick a side. Um, and, in, and in fact, Shakespeare makes the point early on when they say, look, you know, we've been having this argument for ages. We thought if we had a look at all your queens, that would sort it out. And he says, well, I don't write, you know, for one side or the other. I'm writing mm. complex people and, you know, some bits of one will go this way and some bits might go the other. So I don't know that, it, you know, that the plays are going to come down on one side or the other. But, you know, you're going to have to make up your own mind when you see them. So that's part of the intrigue, really. Yeah, and again, this is all probably talking about stuff that you want to keep for people seeing the show, but in doing, <laughs> in doing all of your research uh, and looking into all these queens, did you find any sort of strange similarities or any sort of yeah. strange quirks of the way Shakespeare wrote his women? Um, well, one of, one of the similarities, um, I'll just give you one, so not with too much of a spoiler, is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> is in uh, Gertrude from Hamlet mm. and Mary Queen of Scots because Gertrude's first husband ended up dead mm. and she married the murderer, yeah. um, Claudius. And the same thing happened with Mary Queen of Scots. One of her husbands ended up conveniently dead and she married the murderer there too. So there are, <laughs> there are some uh, interesting parallels between the, the fictitious queens and the queens from the histories. Mm. And, the, and our two queens on the on the stage, which they don't hesitate to pick up and jump up and down and go, see, see. <laughs> and and time-wise, is that something? I, I just don't know my my history very well. Is that something that Shakespeare would have been aware of when he was writing Hamlet? Is there anything to say that? Yes, I think so. He, well, he wrote Hamlet towards the end of um, Elizabeth's reign, almost at the end of Elizabeth's reign, just before she died. Mm -hmm. And um, Mary, Queen of Scots, would would have been. Um, marrying Darnley lots, quite a bit before that, but not a whole lot because she was, you know, she was still alive uh, when Mary, when Elizabeth started her reign, and in order to get her head chopped off by Elizabeth, mm. which also adds a bit of a frisson. <laughs> the two queens, one of them has chopped the head off the other one in the past. So yeah, so so Shakespeare would have been aware of that history for sure. Mm. Mm. Um, now this is. Again, this is your second kind of retelling of Shakespeare and kind of um, essay into an in, into a discussion about uh, an element of Shakespeare. Do you, do you feel that this is where your career lies? Do you want to do more of this kind of stuff? Oh, I enjoy these, but um, and I, and I think um, the the last one is, was very successful, and I'm hoping that this one will be too. But who knows? I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not planning to sort of. Um, you know, produce them ad nauseum until everybody's tired of them. Mm. I think these are these are two really powerful um, ways of, of of looking at the women's roles in Shakespeare, and, and I am partly, um, well, quite a lot motivated by that because I think often the the strength of the women's roles in deciding the plots of Shakespeare are overlooked. 
mm. and people talk about the people talk about the men um, and and the women's roles are, are a little overlooked. And I think Shakespeare used women very effectively um, in making his plots powerful and putting power into his plot. Because as as I think we said in the previous play, who better? Than a mother or a or a wife or a queen of some you know to to make a man do things he might not otherwise do you know mm. murder a king um, <laughs> you know, ride into battles he might not otherwise have fought um, and those so that the the role of women I think is really important in the plays and this is one way of of showing it by pulling several of the, the characters together and just showing you those moments where they make a really decisive impact on the play yeah. and on the story. And I guess, um, in a lot of ways, people people do often talk about Shakespeare's great male roles like Hamlet and Caesar yeah. and a whole lot of those guys, um, yeah. King Lear. Um, from everything that you've done, do you now have kind of a, a, a top three kind of queens that you, you would like to have a chance to play in a full production of a Shakespeare? Or do you oh, think? yeah, definitely. Well, the, um, Queen Margaret is one of my favourites, and she's in four of the plays mm-hmm. so it's, it's pretty easy to find a play with Queen Margaret <laughs> compared to any of the other characters and she is always a force to be reckoned with mm-hmm. um, and uh, she in my title uh, Shakespeare's Queen's She-Wolves and Serpents she kind of represents the archetypal she-wolf which was a, basically a, a, a woman who could assume the role of a, of a man in, in terms of usurping power and riding into battle and all those things and then, well, of course, then there's Cleopatra, who's the opposite side. She's the serpent, yeah. whose method of ruling was to just seduce her enemies, basically, so that <laughs> they were on her side. <laughs> A few Caesars here and there. Charming. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and in, be- and in between, oh, well, you've got Lady Macbeth, who's so fabulous. Um, a character in, in her, the way that she influences Macbeth and brings about the ruin, mm. really, of their, their whole house and doesn't do Scotland a lot of good in the meanwhile. No. <laughs> but they're, they're, all, they're all in the play, but along with uh, two of Henry VIII's wives, mm-hmm. um, the Lear sisters are back. Uh, <laughs> they're oh, they're nuts. <laughs> they are nuts. Now you see, now you say that, you see. But on the other hand, you could say, okay, their dad gave them the kingdom. That was mm. then their job to rule. Mm. If he was off plotting with his youngest daughter, Cordelia, to let the French invade, well, what are they supposed to do, you know? We all take sides with Leah, but he wasn't king then. It was their job to rule. Because mm. I think, I think those, those two in particular, I guess, are a classic example of where, where you can actually, where you can think, I guess, that a lot of the driving force behind that play is King Lear. King Lear is kind of the most, Im- seems to be the most important character. Yeah. He's the title yeah. character of that, that play. But yeah. in a lot of ways, it's those two characters that, that drive that piece and are the reason for a lot of things happening. There's a very, very yes. important scene early on. Yes, because he could have, you know, given them the kingdom and then, you know, retired happy ever after. Mm. But he doesn't get to because as soon as he's given them the kingdom, they start trying to um, get rid of all his followers and, you know, change the way that he, he would have liked things to be run. And he doesn't like that once he's retired. He's going like, no, no, but I still want to control him, say, in what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the fact, that, the fact that they do what they do um, does move the plot to the way it goes. Cool. Oh, well. there, wouldn't be, there wouldn't be any play if, if Leah retired happily, you know, if, if no. Macbeth waited for Duncan to die, if, um, <laughs> you know, if uh, Anthony invaded Egypt, you know, <laughs> those but things it, just wouldn't happen. So, yeah, obviously, obviously these queens are incredibly important. Um, That's it. 
and um, we hope you have every success with uh, Shakespeare's Thank Queens you. here at the Adelaide Fringe this year. Um, you're going to be playing at the Bakehouse pretty much right throughout the Fringe. Um, all the dates and details are on our website, linkadelaide.com.au and at adelaidefringe.com.au. Um, Kath Perry, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Lovely to talk to you. For more on Shakespeare's Queens, She-Wolves and Serpents playing the Bakehouse Theatre for the 2012 Adelaide Fringe Festival, visit our website, linkadelaide.com.au or check out adelaidefringe.com.au.